Hey y'all, this is Shirley. We are living, loving, laughing, and great. And we are now in part four, uh, I do believe the conclusion to our current podcast series. And because we are in part four and it's been a couple weeks now, I wanna take us back and remind us of the very first scripture, those questions we were answering, which was how did Jesus live such and minister and such complete peace and joy and love and faith and victory, my friends, because we want that and he's given it to us. And the second question was, how does God bestow honor and glory? And what we're seeing is that these two are intertwined. And we saw that in second Peter chapter one, verse 17, it says, for when he received honor and glory from God, the father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So we see that the way that we increase God's honor and glory in our life is by declaring, by speaking out that I am the beloved son. I am the beloved daughter with whom God is well pleased. My father, God is well pleased with me. He loves me. My friend, I encourage you every day when you wake up and every day as you're going to sleep, remind yourself of this beautiful truth. If you need to, write it on a post-it note, write it on an index card, put it on something, stick it on your nightstand so that you see that first thing and last thing and increase the honor and glory in your life. Increase the rest in your life. As we saw that Jesus was even able to sleep through the storm because he knew that he was God's beloved son and that God is well pleased with him. We saw that that's exactly how he overcame the devil and his temptations. And, and for us today, that's how we overcome the temptations of the enemy, that they have no power over us. When we remember, wait a minute, I'm the beloved child of a God most high. What can't he and won't, well, what is there that he won't do for me because he loves me and he's well pleased with me and because we know he's well pleased with us we don't have to question whether or not he will act on our behalf and remember he's well pleased with us simply because we're his children that's what we saw when he declared that over Jesus the first time and so uh, today I want to get into some of the New Testament scriptures that very specifically tell you you're a child of God so that you know this is for you, so that you know that you know that you know that you know, my friends, because when it comes down to it, my opinion doesn't matter. It's what the word of God tells us. It's what the Bible says to us. And we even saw that, that Jesus defeated the enemy with the written word of God. His motivation was that he knew he was the beloved child of God with whom the father was well pleased, but he used the written word to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. And so do we today, my friends. Amen. So first, I want us to go to Romans chapter five, verse eight, and listen to this. So beautiful. I love this passage. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. Remember, love always originates from God. God is love. The Bible tells us in first John chapter four, God is love. And it goes on to tell us that we love because God first loved us. My friends, we love God and we love each other to the degree that we have received of God's love. We must receive his love first, right? There's what the world calls love, which is usually feelings that fade or, or, you know, this or that. No, true love comes only from God. 
And when we receive that, the more of his love we receive, the more we love those around us. So listen, this is another way. This is like a way that Paul is telling us that same thing, that it all began with God's love for us, not our love for him. My friend, that gives us confidence. Confidence to know we can't lose our salvation. Confidence to know we can't lose our relationship. We can't lose fellowship with the Lord because it all came out of his love toward us. So again, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, did you hear that, my friends? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Say Christ died for me. Christ died for me. When? While you were still a sinner. Much more than, say much more, much more than we have the God of much more. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. My friends, he's just told us, okay, while you were still a sinner, while you were still a mess, while you were still dead in your sins and your trespasses, God demonstrated his own love for you. My friend, when you were a sinner, you didn't care about God. You didn't love him. You didn't know God and you didn't care that you didn't know God. That couldn't change his love for you. Amen. It couldn't change his love for me. While we were sinners, he demonstrated his own love toward us and that Christ died for us. And he's saying, now that Christ has died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood. You are justified, my friends, not by your actions or deeds or thoughts or money or family name or good standing with the community. You are justified by his blood. And now that you have been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. My friends, God has a justifiable wrath for the sin in the world. But he's saying that we are saved from that through Christ. How? Because when Christ became our sacrifice, when we said yes to him, all the, the wrath of God that we deserve to receive fell on his son at the cross. And because Jesus took our place, we now get to take his place and we receive his blessing because he received our curse. He took the wrath so that now we get to be reconciled to God. And it's very important to understand this, that it says that we have been saved from wrath. Because do you know what the seven years of tribulation are called in the, in the book of Revelation? They're called the wrath of God. Christians are de debating over whether or not believers will go through that. My friends, it's called the wrath of God. We can't go through it. That would be an injustice to the sacrifice of Christ because he took the wrath of God for us. So if we also have to bear the wrath of God, what that is saying is that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ wasn't enough. My friends, if his sacrifice isn't enough, what in the world do you think your sacrifice is? <laughs> I pray that that brings you joy and freedom, my friend, to know that God calls that the wrath of God. And he just told us that he has saved us from his wrath. How? Through him, not through us. That's why the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that we shall be called up. The church believers will be called up first and then 
the days of tribulation will come. Now, during those times, people will still be saved and they are the ones that will have to live through it because they missed the first round. <laughs> Amen. They're still here. So they'll have to wait for the end of it. And honestly, it's all the grace of God. It's still a chance because right now we are all living under the grace of God. For thousands of years, his free favors have poured out on all mankind, my friends, the, the righteous and unrighteous alike. When it rains, does the, when and you're walking down the sidewalk, does the rain only fall on certain people? Well, rain in the Bible speaks of God's blessings. No, the rain comes down on everyone. But the Bible also tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17 that the cursed man can't even see when good comes. But the good is coming. God's grace is coming. It's raining down on everybody, his goodness and his blessings. But they're so wrapped up in themselves. They're, they're under the curse that they can't even see the good when it's coming. And on the reverse side, it says the blessed man, he who trusts and hopes in the Lord can't even see when the heat comes. He's so blessed. He's so full of the Lord. He's resting and trusting in him that, yes, heat still comes sometimes, but he doesn't even feel it. His leaves remain green. He remains fruitful unceasingly. Hallelujah, my friends. And that's each and every one of us. Amen. So it says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Did you hear that? When you were his enemy, he reconciled you to himself. Again, how? Through the death of his son, my friends, everything comes back to the sacrifice, the finished work, and the death of Jesus Christ. That's why we honor the Lord when we say things like, he is pleased with me. Because the reason he's pleased with me is because of the sacrifice of his son. We are honoring his work. Amen. If, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Did you hear that, my friend? You shall be saved by his life, not by your life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So I shared this passage with you because I wanted you to see this is speaking of our salvation, right? This is the gospel story in a nutshell, that God loves us so much that even while we were sinners, even while we were enemies, he sent his son who died for us, that now we have been justified. This is how we are justified through the blood of his son. We've been reconciled to him. We've been saved from death. We've been saved from wrath. And we now get to rejoice through. How? We rejoice through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is in chapter 5. This is how we are saved. This is how we become full of the spirit. Chapter 8. Listen. And, and, and Paul goes on in chapter 6 and 7 to, to um, bring out more the, the gospel and what happened when Adam fell and how we became sinners and how Christ has now made us righteous and justified us. And he tells us now in chapter 8, now that all that has happened for us, he goes on to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. This is what he's saying, my friends, is the Holy Spirit in you? You're a son of God. 
Amen. He's not saying, do you get it right every single time? Then you're a son of God. No, if you are led at all by the spirit of God, which is a condition that exists because of everything else we just read, because of everything that Jesus has done, not because of anything we've done. Right before you receive Jesus, your spirit is dead. So you can't be spirit led. We are spirit led because we are now alive in Christ. Hallelujah. So because you're spirit led, you are now a son of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He's saying the spirit that the Lord has now released in you is one that says, I've been adopted by God and he is now my father. But you know what Abba is? Abba is the original Hebrew. It's like the spirit wouldn't allow that to be translated because when you go and see what Abba means, it's not a formal father. It's daddy, dad, daddy. He's saying that's the spirit that he has put in us. You know, the beautiful thing about being adopted is my friends, that means you are chosen. You're not an accident to God. He chose you to adopt you into his family. It goes on in verse 16 to say the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are a child of God, my friend. And you know, when you declare that over yourself, the Holy Spirit in you testifies to it. That's what it means that when it says that he bears witness to it, he testifies to it. As you speak that over yourself, when I speak that over myself, I can be You know, we all have those moments, my friends, where our thoughts get kind of out there and I can be not in a very good mood. And as I start speaking this over myself and reminding myself, the father loves me. Yeah, I just blew it. I'm disappointed with myself, but the father loves me and he's, he's well pleased with me. My daddy God loves me and he's well pleased with me. The spirit in me goes to work to bear witness to that. And it lifts my mood. His peace returns. His joy returns. He helps me to feel that in my heart. And he also will bear that out in our lives. Children of God, my friends, are just different. But you know, the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of truth. So he will only bear witness with the truth. If once you receive Christ, you go around calling yourself a sinner, calling yourself useless and dirty and and all these things he will not bear witness to that if you think that you should feel guilty and you beat yourself up and you and you're constantly confessing your sins and the way to receive forgiveness instead of confessing that you are forgiven he won't bear witness with that because that's not the truth the truth he bears witness to is that you are a child of god My friends, the Holy Spirit is not in you to point out all your faults to you. That's not the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, sometimes that's our loved ones, right? Our co-workers, people around us, our own flesh, our own thinking. But the Holy Spirit is there to remind you that you're a child of God. Because guess what? When you remember that you are a beloved child of God and that he's well pleased with you, you'll rise above whatever that is. Amen. It's a more excellent way. God's ways are simple. They're easy. And yet they're also excellent and profound 
and powerful, my friends, because the power comes from him. Listen, he goes on to say, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There is some suffering that happens sometimes as a Christian, my friends, right? We are persecuted for our, the different way we leave, maybe live. Maybe people call you a prude or they think you're, you're standoffish or, you know, I, I remember once being called a stick in the mud because I wouldn't do something that was just absolutely crazy. And you know what, my friend, I just, you know what? The Lord loves me. And a few days later, that same person actually ended up coming back and saying, wow, I wish I had listened to you. You know, they made fun of me at the time in front of a bunch of people and they all laughed at me. But then a bunch of rumors were spread. And a few days later, that same person was saying, I wish I had listened to you. What gave me the strength, my friends, not myself, but knowing that whatever anyone else thinks of me, my heavenly father loves me and he's pleased with me. And then that also becomes an opportunity to share him and witness about him. So there is suffering sometimes. There is persecution. But he says this. <laughs> he knows we suffer with him. We will also be glorified together with him. Hallelujah, my friend. And how did Jesus receive honor and glory when God the Father declared over him, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. My friend, I encourage you, encourage you, encourage you to declare that over yourself daily. Declare that over your loved ones. Hallelujah. And you will see the Lord's honor and glory come into your life. You will, my friends, that peace that the Bible describes it as a peace that passes understanding. There is really no way to put it into words. You simply have to experience it just like you have to experience his love. And as you do that peace that passes all understanding where you can sleep in the boat with the storms rage because you're trusting and resting in God's love for you and his faithfulness to you that comes to you, my friends. And listen to this, just as it says that we're going to be glorified together with Jesus. I want to drop you one little tidbit to be looking forward to. 1 John 4, 17. This was actually our word from last year. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as that he is referring to Christ, as Christ is, so are we in this world. My friend, I don't know about you. But the teachings I was giving about when Jesus is going to return and the rapture made me very fearful. As if, if, if God doesn't catch you doing the right thing when he comes back, you might not get to go, right? And if you're not being perfect, if you're not doing this and that. And so I had a fearful expectation of the day that the Lord would return. But according to this, we should be looking forward to it. And in fact, if you read the letters of the New Testament... You will see that every time the rapture, every time the day of the Lord Christ's return is referred to towards the believers, it is something that is looking forward to, something that we are meant to look forward to with great expectation, to be rejoicing for. There's even phrases that we should speed it along and pray for it to come. My friends, so if you're like me and you have a fearful expectation of it, you have the wrong 
expectation of it. It is a day that we will rejoice. And listen, it says that we will have boldness in the day of judgment. Do you know this word judgment? It doesn't mean judgment as in to condemn. I think that was the problem too. I often got this connotation that this, these words judgment in the Bible always meant to condemn, like to condemn to hell. But actually for the believers, it means to judge you for your rewards. Because, you know, we are going to receive rewards in heaven. If once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we, you go to heaven. That is the price paid for you to live in heaven. But we each will receive rewards in heaven based on the work we did here for the Lord. The rewards that we can receive are different. Our position, our standing before Christ is the same because that's determined by Christ. But our rewards are different based on how we use the gifts and the talents that he gave us to glorify his name. Hallelujah. So this judgment is a good thing. And listen to this too. He says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Remember, as Christ is. And put that in context of what we've been learning about. As Christ is the beloved son of God. As Christ is. A beloved child of God, so am I. As, as the Lord, as the Father declared that he's well pleased with Jesus, he is well pleased with me. So my friend, when you look forward to that day that you see God face to face, but we should be expecting to hear in our ears. If you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased, Welcome home. Welcome home. My friend, those are the words that we will hear when our Savior snatches us up and carries us home. And we see our Father face to face. We will finally hear in our own ears those very words that Christ heard. And we are just as he is so we can expect to hear the words that he heard. Welcome home, my beloved daughter. Welcome home, my beloved son. I am well pleased with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Daddy. My friend, if you don't know that your home, your eternal home will be heaven, you don't know that you're a child of God, will you pray this simple prayer with me right now? And in an instant, in a moment, you shall be transformed forevermore as a beloved child of God. You will get to live this life knowing that God is pleased with you simply because you are his child and you shall be glorified like his son. Jesus is so humble and so generous. He shares everything with us. Did you catch that in Romans that it says we are now joint heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ deserves to receive, he has shared with us. We get it all. Because our elder brother, the Bible refers to him also as our older brother, is so generous and loves us so much that he went ahead of us. He paid the price so he could say, come, come and share all this with me. Hallelujah, my friend. Please pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I thank you for sending your one and only beloved son that he would go to the cross and take all of my sins, all of my judgment and all of my punishment. I believe that he died and was buried, that he rose again on the third day, proving that I am now justified before you. I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you are now my Lord and my Savior. God, you are now my loving daddy. I'm your beloved child. You are well pleased with me. And heaven is now my eternal home. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen, my friend. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you. God loves you. I love you. My friend, keep tuning in and just learning about all of this inheritance, right? We come together to learn about the inheritance, to learn about what Jesus has done for us, to continue to see who Jesus is to us. Amen. To see his beauties and his perfections in the word. Amen. Hallelujah, my friends. Amen. Well, I pray again over you that you will grow in the revelation of the height and the width and the length and the depth of the love of Christ for you, that God would give us his great power and strength to comprehend this, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now, he will be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think in him according to that power that works in you amen amen my friends amen i can't help but i gotta say it one more time say it with me i want you to say with me that my heavenly father is well pleased with me i am his beloved child and he is well pleased with me amen Amen. All right, my friends. Until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.